Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Well, hello there, and you join us here today to pitch some of the biggest brands in the world against each other to find out which is the best GMT watch ever. Tom, as a bit of a jet setter yourself, you often find yourself wanting to know different time zones in different countries. Have you ever considered getting a GMT watch before? Yes, I always, always need to know what time it is in Greenwich. And so <laughs> a GMT watch is a must for me. I'm forever phoning up my nana in the middle of the night uh, when I'm abroad. And it's, it's really quite upsetting her and causing her a lot of health problems. And that needs to stop. So... What I think we can do, Tom, to fill both the needs of our problems here is to pitch some very, very high quality GMT watches against each other and see which comes out on top. Now, this isn't going to be arbitrary. <laughs> no, no, no. We are going to pitch these watches over five different categories to rate them together for a final score. We're rating them for the quality, how iconic they are, their history, street cred and value. Are you ready to get stuck in, Tom? Yeah, let's do it. The first watch I'm pitching to you today is, unsurprisingly, the Rolex GMT Master II. Now, the original GMT Master came about in 1954 when Rolex released a whole abundance of different sports watches to pitch at the professional. The professionals they were aiming for with this particular watch were the Pan Am pilots who uh, were starting to fly internationally. Transatlantic flights, they needed a better watch to track different time zones. So they weren't all landing at the wrong place at the wrong time and whatever else it is that pilots get up to. You might think, Tom, that the GMT Master was the first GMT watch, but you're wrong. What? Rolex didn't invent Greenwich Mean Time? Are you sure? <laughs> The Glycine Airman was the first GMT watch. However, the Rolex GMT Master, as far as I'm aware, is the first with a rotating bezel with the red and blue Pepsi style that we've all come to love. I mean, that is a really great colour. That's what I was thinking of Rolex invented two-tone. Basically, yeah. It's a great idea. No double denim for Rolex. They have the red and the blue to tell you the difference between a day and night, with day being on fire and night being a little bit brighter than you'd expect. Sure, sure, sure. That has been interpreted into the modern version of the GMT Master II, which is a bit chunkier, a bit more shiny, polished center links, ceramic bezels, left-handed. You've got the black and the blue. You've got the black and the green. You've also got the Pepsi, but I don't think the colors have quite come out very well. 
40 millimeter case sizes, 100 meters of water resistance, but the real kicker is that they start at 9,510 pounds in steel, going up to many, many monies in precious metal. Tom, there's a lot to unpack with this watch here, so let's start with quality. I think it's never particularly been a high quality watch back from the original version. It's kind of rattly, it's built to be worn in a cockpit, but things have changed now. Yeah, I think in terms of quality, Rolex is a tool watch thing, but they're very, very glossy, aren't they? Very high levels of finishing, despite their very um, utilitarian aesthetic. Very, very shiny and nice. And, and, and it's not going to fall apart on you, say it's rattly. You get the impression that it's incredibly sturdy. It's like owning a hammer that's been brushed and polished to perfection. <laughs> and so you never want to actually use it for what it's for. Yeah, that's a yeah, luxury hammer. But it's not up there with the likes of Patek Philippe for quality, is it? So it's, it's solid, it's simple, but it's very well made. So what do you think we can pitch that as? So if we're using what, like a grand complication pocket watch from another dimension as our benchmark 10 and this is like a luxurious hammer five seven <laughs> seven <laughs> safe seven that makes sense to me now when it comes to being iconic i'm hard pushed to say this is anything other than a perfect score that red and blue bezel everyone wanted to be a pan am pilot in the 1960s it was literally the coolest job so oof I agree. I think, in my mind, more so than any other Rolex watch, if you see two-tone on a bezel, it always feels a little bit homage doesn't it? Yeah. that I mean, that is what Rolex has really made a name for itself in doing, is taking the visual and owning it so hard that no one else really gets a look in at all. Are we saying that's a 10 for Iconic? Go on. Sigh. So, history wasn't the first but it's certainly the most memorable. They say it's the winners that write the history, and if you were to look at the Rolex website, it certainly seems that way. But do we give them a full score for history? I don't think we can. I mean, it's still pretty good, isn't it? Like, you know, they were at the front of the queue when pilots were getting handed GMTs. So, yeah, what, what, what do you want from me? Nine? Do you want me to say ten? No. Nine. <laughs> okay, nine. Street cred. This is one of the most desirable... Rolex is out there because of that massively iconic colour combination. Yeah. You can see it from a scooter. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, give it a 10 then. 10 for street cred. This is annoying, isn't it? Value. Right. Mm. Now you're in for it. £9,510 it starts at. But of course, the residuals are very good. The GMT Master is one of the better returning watches out there. That's Yeah, that's true. But you do have to offset that against the unavailability new. Seven? Seven. Yeah. Seven. Good old seven. We're moving on to the Tudor Black Bay Pro now. Of course, this is a Rolex subsidiary uh, created in 1927 by Rolex founder Hans Wilsdorf to offer cheaper versions of their more expensive watches. That was nice of him, wasn't it? Already thinking about the unavailability of watches 100 years later. This actually borrows its looks from the 1971 Explorer 2 1655, which was created as a... Do you know, Tom? Oh, exploring a field watch for cavemen. Exactly, yeah. I don't know why they didn't call it a cave dweller. Maybe the Stone Age connotations were too strong with that one. Sure. But the idea was that these people could go into caves and be like, oh, it says it's nine, but is that AM or PM? It's very dark in this cave. And the 24-hour hand on the Explorer 2 would assist with that. 
Now, Tudor, with their own movement in this watch, have added the functionality of being able to independently adjust the hour hands so you can then track two time zones as well. Fixed bezel, not a rotating bezel, so you can't track three time zones, but it's still pretty damn good. 39 millimeters, so smaller than the GMT Master, but thicker. It's a, quite a thick watch. Um, 200 meters of water resistance, which is higher than the GMT Master 2, which only has 100 meters. And of course, it looks absolutely stunning, I would say. Mm. No? If we're going to persist with our stupid analogy of a Rolex being like a luxury hammer, Tudor just is just a hammer. Do you think? <laughs> it is. And I think that's exactly the point because Rolex used to just be a hammer. Yeah. And so there are people who just want to buy the hammer like like the good old days. Yeah, it's a it's an interesting proposition, isn't it? It's going to score in all the boxes. Good good history, good quality, all that stuff. Well, let's start to rate it. Quality. It's obviously not as shiny shiny as the Rolex, but it's got those it's got those little ceramic loom dots that look painted on. It's got the faded orange GMT hand. It's got the chunky, chunky crown. In terms of build quality and performance and everything, it's much of a muchness with the Rolex, surely, isn't it? Yeah, just not as much of the higher polish finishing. So, you know, for example, the markers on the dial don't have white gold surrounds and all those little touches. Give it a six. Let's knock it down to a six. How iconic is it? Well, if this said Rolex on the dial and it was from 1971, it would be pretty darn iconic. It doesn't, though. It says Tudor on the dial and it's from last year. <laughs> exactly. This isn't even a watch from the Tudor back catalogue. They have just been rifling through the history pages of Rolex. And as such, I think it can't score particularly high on uh, the iconic category. Uh, yeah, not iconic just yet, but um, excited a lot of people when it released last year, didn't it? So maybe maybe it's on the up and up, but at the minute, six probably. I think so. I think it it lifts a little bit up from being related enough to Rolex for it not just to be an outright copy. It's kind of got it's got a pass, isn't it, for for doing the mimicry of Rolex stuff because Rolex aren't going to do it and people want it. Here it is. Six seems fair. L'histoire. Tudor has got some good history. This watch doesn't. That ranks it quite low. It's got borrowed history, hasn't it? Yeah. Mind you, how many watch brands out there are coasting on borrowed history at this point? <laughs> Probably quite a few. Yeah. History? Five? Yeah. Okay. Five. Street cred. Now, this is an interesting one because we're always faced with the same problem. On the one hand, you might say, hey, uh, Rolex, they make stuff that's too shiny and it's just too, like, commercial for me. I've gone for Tudor. Tudor is off the beaten path. It's nodding back to history. It's it's a tool. It's that hammer. Or you could say, nice uh, Rolex, bro. Oh, it's uh, it's not a Rolex, actually. It's magic. Despite its connection to a vintage Rolex piece, I actually think it doesn't look tremendously Rolex. So I don't think you'd even get that. I think watch enthusiasts that would recognise it would be very excited to see it out in the wild and you would impress them. But I think Joe Bloggs probably wouldn't even notice it. It's kind of a, a subtle design anyway. It's a Tudor. It does say Tudor on it though, so that's got to count for something. Yeah, you're right. That original Explorer 2 didn't look very Rolexy, and this has adopted some of that feel. It's all right. It's up there. It's not really for street credits for you more than anything. So yeah, six. Yeah. And then value... I think I'm just going to throw that straight into the nine category. It's not a perfect 10, but it, it's a third the price of the Rolex. Yes. Nine. Right, moving on to something a little bit more left field. This is the Grand Seiko SBGE285 Mist Flake. 
Now, Grand Seiko isn't necessarily known for its GMT watches, or indeed its sports watches necessarily, but what it is known for is doing things incredibly well. I'll take you through some of the specs here. We have got, obviously, a GMT complication in the spring drive. That's not mechanical, it's a combination of the spring power and quartz accuracy fused together in a delicious piece of Japanese retro tech uh, in the Caliber 9R66. And that display is beautifully rendered with the same texture as the Snowflake, the Grand Seiko that kicked off the world's love affair for the Japanese high-end watchmaker with that lovely, lovely texture that feels like freshly driven snow. It's also throwing an extra little twist into the mix. This is a titanium watch at 41mm, but still beautifully polished where Rolex couldn't be bothered with their titanium watches. 100 meters of water resistance, fixed bezel, sits somewhere in the middle at £7,650. What do you think? Yeah, it's a beautiful watch, isn't it? And Grand Seiko are hot on the heels of Rolex when it comes to everything, really, if not surpassing them in many, many fields. That's That's what I would say and very much agree with. This is much better than the Rolex in some aspects and then sorely lacks in others. So let's start to put some numbers to those things. In terms of quality, well, you've got much more polished edges. You've got that beautiful dial. You've got the fine detailing on the dial, which can withstand scrutiny up to many, many times magnification. This thing is built to be a beautiful object. And it has a spring drive as well, doesn't it? It does. That is a very desirable engine inside a watch. It is. I think we should give this eight. Sure. How iconic it is? Well, the snowflake is iconic. The snowflake dial. This pinches that. The rest of the watch is kind of fresh. It has no backstory, does it? The, the snowflake dial is iconic enough to give them, I don't know, six? I was going to say five. Split the difference. History. Again, Grand Seiko, it has a history. It, it beat the Swiss in accuracy trials in the 1960s. Grand Seiko, as this stands, as these watches go... They're fairly fresh and new, so I still don't think it can really score particularly high on history. Another five? Yeah, yeah, fair enough, yeah. Street cred, Tom. What do you think the street cred is of wearing the hottest, latest GMT snowflake-dialed Grand Seiko? Just from a passerby scenario, I think people would be impressed by it. But in terms of its reputation, I don't think it's as high as a Rolex, is it? It's not as high as a Rolex. We're starting to see some big names appearing with Grand Seikos on. Everyone is like, oh my God, they're wearing a Grand Seiko. How exciting. Yeah. But it's not quite there yet. It's definitely on the move. It's definitely a fast-growing, interesting, exciting brand. But yeah, street cred, higher than Tudor? I think probably the same. Six. I would say six. Value. This is an interesting one because it's not a cheap watch. It's £7,650, which is more than twice as much as the Tudor Black Bay Pro, but it's not as much as the Rolex and offers much more quality than the Rolex. Also, it won't necessarily benefit from the same enormously incredible residuals that Rolex gets. It is cheaper than the uh, than the Rolex, but you probably would pay more for the convenience of having a Rolex so I'd probably, you know, it's probably about the same, works out the same, I would say. Seven. Yeah. Okay, then. On to a slightly more affordable piece from Longines. Now, you might be thinking, well, how can we possibly compare Longines to these other greats? Well, let me tell you. Longines was founded in 1832. That's the oldest brand that we've spoken about so far. And they have a history with aviation. Never mind putting watches on the wrists of Pan Am pilots in the 1950s. Longines timed Charles Lindbergh's transatlantic flight 
in the Spirit of St. Louis in 1927. And not only that, but Charlie was so like, cool, blimey, that's a great watch. This probably didn't, how he didn't speak. It wasn't a chimney sweep. <laughs> that he actually commissioned a special navigation watch from Longines called the Hour Angle. Now, this Longines Spirit Zulu Time honors that watch. It's 42 millimeters in steel, has a lovely rotating bezel in green here, a COSC certified movement with 72 hours of power reserve and a silicon balance spring, rather beautiful design with the gold hands and markers, etc. It's £2,850. It's the cheapest watch so far. Bangs, bucks, both. Party time. It's a it's a beautiful looking watch, isn't it? There's a there's a richness to it. Deep racing green bezel and the warmth of the numerals and the hands. I mean, you know it's good because it got a five star score on Trustpilot. <laughs> yeah, right there on the dial. In case you're wondering, Zulu time is what pilots call UTC for some reason. It's not like when they watch Michael Caine films in the uh, the lounge before takeoff. Let's run the numbers, Tom. Quality, this is a surprisingly high quality watch. The fit and finish of this thing would probably embarrass the Rolex slightly. It has to be said, beautiful polished markers and hands, a lovely bezel there in those two-tone colours, polished and brushed case. It's a real looker. Yeah, yeah. Longines are doing that thing where they like produce an immaculate watch with high levels of finishing but don't charge the earth for it. The calibre is made by parent brand Etta, but it is unique to this particular watch, and I think that earns it a seven. Sounds good to me. Now, I'm not sure this particular watch is necessarily iconic. It doesn't look like the historical watches of days gone. Longines used to be a very, very highly regarded brand, but... Now it's considered to be that entry point for your uh, typical airport watch purchase. I think we're going to score high on history, but for the iconic category, I'm not sure we can make it work. Yeah, uh, well, I was going to say something along the lines of it looks important. Do you know? It looks like it should be iconic. Oh, I see. Like it's got a high-vis vest and a clipboard, and so it can get anywhere. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, oh, look at his watch. Look at his watch. Let him in. <laughs> What do you want to do then? Should we give that a five? Sure, five. History, however. Old Charlie Lindbergh wouldn't have been able to make it across the Atlantic to clean those chimneys had it not been for Longines. It was so impressed he got one commissioned for himself. As history goes, that's better than Rolex. I think that's a solid ten for history. Yeah, it's a great story with a valid celebrity involved, so yeah. Yeah. Ten. Who would you star in the film? Chris Pratt. <gasps> Didn't even need to think about it just like Hollywood. Street cred. Most people who are going to see you wearing this aren't going to have a clue what it is. You're going to have to get into the nitty gritty, I think, for someone to acknowledge that it's a really beautifully made watch and that it has that history. Street cred flies under the radar a little bit, a little bit like Charlie Lindbergh. Yeah, Longines is one of those brands that if you know, you know kind of thing, isn't it? Um, but does that make it cool? You need to get the, the cred from the skate park to the Covent Garden's yuppies that's <laughs> probably all right with the people in the second category but not so much with the first are you saying five is that what you're saying yeah <laughs> yeah i think that's what i'm saying yeah and then value it's the cheapest watch so far i think the quality pips the tudor i'm hesitant to say it's a 10 out of 10 because i think we can do better but it's certainly a very solid nine yeah sounds good nine then now for our last watch and throwing a spanner in the works as it always tends to do, this is the Seiko 5 Sports GMT SKX reinterpretation. Built in the SKX style and reviving the SKX name, which everyone bemoaned the loss of, 
but with a GMT watch, it's 42.5mm in steel with the calibre 4R34. Hardlex crystal 100m of water resistance, that lovely rotating bezel, which is available in a whole bunch of different colours. There are more colours here, Tom, than there are actual colours in the world. Yeah, blueberry, orange berry, and black grapeberry. Yeah, um, are you sure um, Seiko didn't invent two-tone bezels and not tell anyone about it? <laughs> if they did, we'll never know because they're just that kind of guy. Yeah, this is great, isn't it? This is a fairly recent release, a, a mechanical GMT for for everybody. It's hard to argue with, isn't it? It sounds like from what you're saying that the Tudor isn't quite the hammer that we anticipated. It's still got a little bit of polish to it. This is the real hammer. This is the hammer that people who do hammering buy. But it, it is, but it's got like a really cool, like neon rubber grip. The hammer, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, the best feature of this watch by far is its low, low, low price, £420. I think we are going to see the movement in this watch in a lot of other micro brand pieces because that price is just so dang low. Yeah, that's cool, isn't it? Yeah, so that, that's an exciting proposition in itself. What are we saying then? Well, quality, it's definitely not up near these other watches, not even towards the Tudor, say. We pitched the Tudor quality at six. I think we should be going down some. Yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be humbled in terms of finishing and everything, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to do the job. Five? It's a pretty sturdy watch, yeah. It, it will last the duration but it hasn't got a pretty dress. Five. <laughs> now, I would say the SKX line, the Seiko 5 Sports line, has a whole niche of people within which this is incredibly iconic. When the SKX was discontinued, I, I saw flames, I heard pitchforks. That says to me iconic. Yes. It's got a cult following, hasn't it? This is the Seiko 5, but I think we're going to give it a full Seiko 7. Sounds good. History. Seiko doesn't go way back when with its sports watches, although it was founded in 1881, which is which is earlier than Rolex. However, Rolex did get to a lot of these things before it, so it's pretty good. It's pretty good. The Seiko SKX has been round the block a few times, hasn't it? It's sort of earned its place in the, uh, the annals of watch trivia. Let's give it a six. Yeah. No, wait, I'm going to give it a seven. Whoa. Whew. Street cred. Now, you mentioned the Skate Park Boys. I think this has got their names written all over it because I believe there are a whole bunch of different iterations of the Sports 5 collection that are directly aimed at the Skate Park attendees. It's a known brand, isn't it? It's a known entity. So, you know, it's not going to garner as much gasping as a Rolex, but it will uh, it will shine them on. Should we give it a seven for street cred? Yeah. Value. Well, I don't think they come any cheaper than this, do they? So that makes that a 10 fairly easily. Go for it. So the scores are in, Tom. If you've been following along, perhaps you have tallied them and you already know. If you haven't, here they are. In last place is the Grand Seiko. And I think this is just really down to, not the quality, but it's a watch that people don't know about so much. And that's fine. After that is the Tudor with uh, 32 points. Again, similar story here. It just doesn't have quite as much of any of those things. It's just like a really solid performer all round and especially good value. Very surprisingly, in joint third, fourth, fourth, third, in the middle there, is Longines and Seiko. 
both scored a solid 10, Longines in history and Seiko in value, and so they have tied with 36 points. Very interesting. One's a lot cheaper than the other, but the Longines does have some real credible history. And then I don't think there's any surprise to see at the top, sailing away with 43 points, is the Rolex GMT Master. If you get offered one at RRP, find out a way to buy it. Yes, uh, the Rolex GMT is... It's a hard one to beat, isn't it? So fair play. But yeah, hopefully that might help you if you're looking to buy a GMT. If you don't put that much stock in history, then, you know, maybe a Grand Seiko's for you, maybe a Tudor. Who knows? Exactly. Uh, let us know in the comments down below how your scores married up and what other watches you would pitch into this conversation. Thank you so much for watching and listening. Please do like and subscribe and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.